Welcome to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity, with your host, Dr. Veerdra Jackson. On our program, we explore the flip side of every story. And when you open yourself up to both sides, you'll realize that there are life lessons, powerful tools, and so much more. Now, here is Dr. Veerdra Jackson. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. I am your host, Dr. Veerdra Jackson, the CEO and creative behind Living Strong Consulting. And before we get started, I just want to say thank you for all of the birthday wishes and the well wishes and the hearts and the text messages. Community, thank you so much. I am so excited about being able to uh, share my birthday broadcast with you. And tonight is going to be an amazing conversation because, you know, Living Strong Consulting supports clients in pursuing abundant living in seven key pillar areas. That's relationships, mindset, finances, skills, time, health, and faith. And guess what? Tonight's conversation will probably touch on all of those areas as our guest co-host will walk us through Transform Your Mind and Transform Your Money to Thrive, which is all about how she transformed her mindset to improve her money management in order to shift from just surviving to actually thriving. I'm so excited this evening to have Kavette Minor Kane in a she is a financial liberation expert. That title by itself makes me excited because who doesn't want to be liberated from whatever is holding them back? She's also an ambassador for self worth and gratitude and a proponent for women's empowerment. She guides women on their journey to self-sufficiency by educating them to take back their financial power and supporting them in gaining the confidence to fulfill their purpose in life. As the CEO and founder of Mari Moore Life, LLC. Her mission is to elevate women worldwide to a greater quality of life. As an educator, a public speaker, and an author, she shares her message for financial liberation through a transformational process, which incorporates emotional, mental, well-being with improved financial habits for continued success. I know you are now on the edge of your seat and you understand why just about all seven of our pillars will probably unfold in our conversation. So I welcome Kvet, welcome to our conversation on the flip side. How are you this evening? 
I'm doing well. And thank you so much, Virgil, for having me to the show. This is an honor and a privilege. And I'm so glad to be here to share my thoughts and my message with your audience, your community here. Thank you so much. You are so welcome. I know I shared a little bit about you, but is there anything else that you feel our audience and our listeners could know a little bit more about you? Uh, yeah, well, I can tell them a couple of fun facts about me. Um, I am a mom and my children are grown. I'm going to say old, <laughs> but they're grown. Uh, my boys, I'm, I'm a mom of boys, so they're, well, men now. They're 24 and 18, um, and they are my pride and joy. I love them so much. Um, and everything that I do is in, in the effort to create a foundation for them so that they will have something going forward. Um, to to you know build on for themselves as well as for their children and future generations of our family, um, from the financial perspective as well as from an emotional standpoint. I am an emotional intelligence practitioner. I am in the process of gaining my certification for financial education, and um, I have a, a BS, a Bachelor of Science in Finance. And so, with those that education, it has really driven me. Uh, with the life experience that I've had to to be able to uh, share my message in order to encourage women to to live up to their full potential and to to reach their desires, you know, even what they don't believe that they can deserve. You know, it's sometimes we we have these this lower image of ourselves, then we really, you know, then 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 it's the truth. You know, and so finding that truth for ourselves and owning that truth and then creating that reality, that's what it's all about. I so appreciate how you are making such a clear connection between our emotional, mental health and our financial well-being and stability. And that it's not just about the immediate gratifications, but it's about our legacy and foundation. And I know a little bit about your story, your backstory, that that foundation, that desire, that drive and that purpose that you have now has actually come out of some pretty traumatic experiences that happened in a very short period in time. And so that our listeners and our audience is able to get perspective of how someone can create a flip side story in their well-being, in their finances, and in their legacy. Can you tell us a little bit about the, the trauma, the, the experiences that brought you to today? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, it's not long ago, um, but I honestly am amazed to even see for myself um, how this transformation has been able to unfold in such a short period of time. Um, and it truly, as you talk about faith being one of your pillars, it truly is a testament um, to the fact that, you know, my God just works with us, you know, and, and does things that we believe are impossible, but that's where miracles happen. Um, and so, a few years ago, I experienced uh, or I survived Hurricane Maria in Puerto Rico, and this was in September 2017. Uh, that devastation was like nothing I have ever experienced in my life. Um, we never expected that it would be as bad as it was. The storm 
Uh, but it was they were, you know, predict, predicting that there would be a hundred year storm that would be coming through. The last storm that they had that was that bad was 1928 and it literally leveled the island. And so um, for us to experience that was just devastating. We went for over a month with no running water. We went for over four months with no electricity. Um, we ran out of food after being trapped in the mountains for six days. Um, but thankfully we were provided for our neighbors who were absolutely amazing, you know, and to see how the people of the island came together during that time to me was just absolutely phenomenal. So Puerto Rico will ever, forever be home to me uh, because of that. Um, then not long after that in September of 2000 or in December of 2018, my father passed away. And so losing my dad, um, who unfortunately I did not have a close relationship with, um, was devastating to me because then I no longer had the opportunity to even take advantage of an opportunity to, to get closer to him. So that was the, the, the greatest trauma there. I think just suffering that loss um, and, and knowing that there was an opportunity while he was alive and, and that no longer existed um, has, has really changed. Um, but what I did have the privilege to do was to come back and care for his final affairs. And it was amazing to me that in that process of caring for his final affairs, I feel like I got to know him even better than I ever would have with him being alive. Because I've got to see things that he would never have shown me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so what it did was it put a lot of the pieces of the puzzle together. Um, when I was a, a kid, when I was younger, my mom would always say, oh, you're so much like your father, you know. And they were divorced when I was, you know, young. So my response to her was always, that's your issue. I don't even know him, <laughs> you know? Yes, yes. Um, but what I realized in learning about him was that I am very much like, I am so much like him. We had so much in common. And it really helps me to feel more grounded in having that understanding, having that knowledge. And so I look at it as a blessing, the opportunity that I had to get to know my dad, even after he passed away. And then not long after uh, hand, coming to the States from Puerto Rico to handle his final affairs, um, unfortunately, my marriage ended in separation. So it had been falling apart for quite some time. Um, it had been a strange uh, situation. It was just very stressful. Um, it was very abusive. Um, and I say that on every level, you know, um, people, who, don't, who have not experienced that kind of abuse um, don't really understand the full scope. Um, it wasn't a, a complete domestic violence situation, but when we talk about abuse, it can reach us on so many deeper levels. You know how people say, you know, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's the biggest lie <laughs> that kids are ever told. Mm -hmm. you know? And so the emotional and the mental abuse that I endured for so many years um, really took its toll, you know, and I, I feel like I was a broken woman, you know, mm. at the end of that marriage, I literally had to build myself back up and put the pieces together. Um, many people say, oh, you hit rock bottom. And I said, well, I had to build up from the dust, you know, because wow. there was no rock left. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. As I listen to, so weathering, a hundred year <laughs> impact, a, a storm that had nothing to compare to it other than a hundred year legacy. So f literally leveling the island 
and having lost electricity, food, but finding relationship, and then losing your father, and then losing or uh, losing or a marriage that was already falling apart, but then losing the husband as well as it sounds like you were. You had lost part of yourself as well. And so I, in my mind, see that dust, that dust. And so out of that dust, how would you say those experiences actually shaped that rise from the dust? Well, during that period of time, it's, it's, as I look back, um, the first thing I had to do was grieve, you know, because it, oftentimes people will experience trauma and not even acknowledge it. Um, and I've seen that a lot during COVID, what many people haven't recognized or acknowledged as a trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, and even in the very beginning of COVID, I had to uh, make the reference or the connection of what I experienced during that period after Maria, because this was a national disaster. While it wasn't a natural disaster, it was still a disaster. Mm -hmm. Um, And the similarities include the fact that there's devastation and there's a life, a complete life change, you know, during the event and afterwards. Um, However, the difference between the national disaster and the natural disasters, with the natural disaster, you've got something physical that you can see. You know, kind of like with the domestic violence situation, there's bruising, there's pain, there's, you know, broken bones. And and those things are horrible, but at least it's something you can point to, you know. And this was more of a a mental, emotional trauma Mm -hmm. because there was no real physical evidence aside from the quarantine. um, But there was a lot of the mental, emotional turmoil that people and, and the trauma that people have experienced and really haven't acknowledged. And so similar to what I experienced in my marriage with the mental and emotional abuse. I feel like you said something that people really need to sit with and acknowledge. Because in the work that we do with Living Strong Consulting and um, the trauma awareness and trauma-informed approaches that we try to bring to our clients is recognizing that grief has multiple forms of loss. And that is not just the physical death of a person that can bring on grief. As long as there is the presence of a loss, giving yourself the space to grieve whatever that loss is, the loss of the relationship, the loss of what you thought the relationship was going to be, the loss of self, the loss of emotional stability. As long as there is the element of loss, giving yourself space and time to actually grieve what that loss meant to you is a powerful step. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that it took on a great significance for me uh, because of the the intangibility of what I was grieving for. Um, and you, you said something key there too, um, even grieving over the thought of what I had expected from my marriage. Because we, no one gets married to get divorced. You know, mm-hmm. um, now my divorce is final 
and I am very happy about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am mm-hmm. at peace. I am. I have grown so much over this period of time, um, and and I re- and I felt even the the physical lifting of weight when that decree came across, and it was amazing to me to feel that relief. And then I, I realized that there would be a shift in my energy and in my, my life movement uh, from that point going forward. And it has been, you know, I have seen myself continue to just flourish and open up even more uh, because I no longer have that barrier keeping me from making progress, you know, and that's really what it, what it turned out to be. But there was the idea in the beginning of my marriage that I was going to be rescued Mm. Wow. Yeah. And as I listen to how you first introduced your experience as that of being left with just the dust, that there wasn't even building blocks of stone, there there was just dust left and giving yourself that space to grieve and recognize what the loss was. When we come back from our break, I'm encouraged to have us begin to unpack the term you use for your new book, reinvented to rise. That image really, it it makes sense to me as you are talking about your experience. We're going to take a short break. And in that break, Living Strong has been talking about and and taking participants through an opportunity to understand how to grow, even when something isn't looking the way you want it to, there's still the opportunity to rise and grow from it. So when we come back from our break, we're going to unpack reinventing to rise. We'll take a short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Life is now in session. Are you present? We don't get a dress rehearsal in life. So why not grab every moment you can to grow? Join me every first Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern and 4 p.m. Pacific for our live webinars. We're creating a growth plan and unpacking the 15 invaluable laws of growth by John Maxwell. Instead of waiting for growth to just happen by accident, let's get intentional about creating a growth plan for you. Let's do it together. Log in to www.livingstrongllc.com and grab your spot for first Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern and 4 Pacific. And let's grow together. It's your time. Lakeside is a nonprofit organization located in southeastern Pennsylvania that provides trauma-informed educational and clinical services to 3,500 students per year from seven regional counties and 45 school districts. Lakeside has also become a statewide resource for trauma-informed and trauma-responsive care. 
Lakeside has provided training virtually and live to over 40,000 professionals who are dealing with trauma-impacted individuals in many of our systems of care. Currently, Lakeside's programs include four regional therapeutic schools, an in-school district counseling program with 60 counselors, a school-focused neurologic initiative, which helps teachers learn how to manage their classrooms in a trauma-informed way, and our Lakeside Global Institute, which provides workshops, intensive trauma training for professionals, and now a newly produced trauma-responsive training certification program for organizations that has been co-developed with Dr. Sandra Bloom. Most recently, Lakeside has developed a complementary video production division, which specializes in online trauma training for Lakeside and other organizations interested in providing trauma training. This has opened up new opportunities for Lakeside to expand its impact nationally and internationally. Find out more about Lakeside at lakesidelink.com. That's lakesidelink.com. This is Living Strong, the flip side of adversity with Dr. Veerdra Jackson. To reach the live show today, call into 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at livingstrongllc.com. Now, back to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. Welcome back to our transformation conversation. I'm Dr. Veerdra Jackson, and I have the pleasure of talking with and, and walking through the flip side story of Kavet Minor Kane. And we were just talking about her experience um, on the island of Puerto Rico and literally in two years span of time experienced three devastating traumatic experiences that, as she described, left her feeling like the dust. And she has a a book coming out, Reinvented to Rise. And as she talked about her now desire to um, process the grief and move forward from there and reinventing what would you say, um, what would you say is you have done differently to move forward from that two-year period and experience? It started, the process actually started before I uh, left the island in order to care for my father's uh, final affairs. Um, and I didn't even realize it, but in my, you know, introspection and taking an opportunity to look back over, you know, in hindsight is 2020, you know, and so being able to see the events from this side, um, I look back and I realized that it was actually around the, um, around October of 2018, when I realized that something was going to have to change in my life because I could not continue to go forward the way that I was. And I didn't know what that meant about my marriage, but I knew that something had to be done differently. And so I started to to think, you know, well, how am I going to to reorganize myself? Um, And actually before that, in uh, June of that year, I started a uh, home-based business, which helped me to to really start the process of rebuilding my mindset. Um, I work with Mary Kay Cosmetics, and I still have my Mary Kay business 
to this day because Mary Kay, I always say Mary Kay saved my life, you know, in the sense that Mary Kay showed me who I truly am and taught me how to appreciate myself and to, to give encouragement to others. And even today, one of my, my you know, solid pillars and principles is self-worth. And that is not only you know, for me being able to show love and care and, and have confidence in myself, but in sharing the encouragement that I can with others. And that's how I show my gratitude. Powerful. And so when, when we connect with self-worth and reinventing, how did you know what to do when it became time to start over? Where did you pull that from? YouTube. <laughs> I did. There is no shame yeah, in no, YouTube yeah, University. That is, YouTube <laughs> University is amazing. And I just went on and I looked up motivation. I looked up, mm-hmm. you know, um, encouragement, empowerment, uh, because I knew that I had to shift my mindset. I knew that I had to. Well, Mary Kay helped me to start caring for myself for years. I, you know, I when I was a, when I was young, I said when I was a kid in my early 20s, I was a model. I did radio. You know, I did a lot of, of interactive things. I actually my first business was an entertainment company um, where we hosted parties. And so we you know, had a lot of fun. Um, but through the years of my marriage, um, my my husband, my ex-husband now pulled me away from that world because he wanted to, you know, keep me isolated and keep me to himself. And I wasn't allowed to, you know, go here and there and to do a lot of the things that I really enjoyed. And then too, I chose not to do a lot of those things because I knew that that was what was going to keep peace in my household. And I wanted to have a happy family, you know, and so it, it just, it evolved in that way. And I just, you know, got, got away from everything, but being away from that environment, when I came to the States to care for my father's final affairs, I was able to look back. And even with the communication that he made to me here, you know, in the States, I could see the lack of love, the mm-hmm. lack of concern. And, and so it caused me to, to really reevaluate that situation. But it started early on with, you know, with Mary Kay and then in October of, of realizing that I needed to make a change and I had to do something to build myself up. And so I started watching those YouTube videos and, um, you know, just really having someone else remind me that I was worthy, you know, mm. that I was worthy of being loved. I was worthy of, you know, being cared for. I was worthy of, of being able to, to fulfill my dreams and to, to, you know, to live a quality life, you know, and, and those are the simple basic things that you wouldn't think would be a big deal, you know, (laughs) but, but they are right. And as I listened to you, you had to create some space. It sounds like some space between the toxic experience and get some distance. Now it was an ocean, (laughs) but you had to create some space to be able to reflect back and, and begin to tap into truth and, and reconnect with the strategies that used to work for you that actually helped you feel grounded. And that space moving out away from the toxic experience allowed you to get enough space and breathing space, breathing room 
to become reflective and reconnect with who you actually authentically are. You had mentioned faith earlier on in our conversation and recognizing that we each are born with an uh a level of value that is just innately ours. It's a part of our inheritance. And anyone and anything that's trying to rob us of that is inauthentic. And so it sounds like you were able to begin to use whatever tools were accessible to you to begin to tap back into how you were originally designed and the original purposes for who you are. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the things that, that I did, um, because, and, and this was a very spiritual experience, I, I value the, the time that I spent in that experience because of what I was able to gain from it, because I did gain quite a bit from it. I was a, an avid Bible student. Um, I was, you know, heavily educated on, you know, Bible teachings and studied the Bible on a regular basis. And so I was able to become very familiar with what those teachings and the understanding of, and, you know, it's like most people spend a lifetime trying to read the Bible and say, oh, I only got, you know, through Genesis and I couldn't ha handle it, you know, but I actually have had the opportunity to read through the Bible completely three times. Um, and so it, you know, or more, um, because, you know, we had that activity and it was something that that I was really focused in on and it helped me to gain what I recognize is the connection that we each individually have with our creator, mm. you know, mm -hmm. and, and so because I did have a spirituality before I became a Bible student. Mm -hmm. um, now what I've been able to do is take what I've learned from the Bible and apply that to my spirituality in taking my level of, of connection, my relationship with my creator to even a higher level or greater level of mm -hmm. connection for me personally. And I feel like we each and every one of us are individual and different in that relationship. Um, what is very important to me at this point in time, I focus in on um, maintaining a no judgment zone mm. you know, so that people feel free you know, to, to express themselves and to be who they are within their own personal relationship with their creator. Now, I may not agree with some of the things and I may not understand some of the things, but it's not my thing. Mm -hmm. So I'm not supposed to, you know, it's right. I learn from them what I can learn from them and then they can learn from me what they can learn from me. But we each have to apply that individually. You know, mm -hmm. our spiritual relationships are just like our fingerprints. It's different for everybody, mm -hmm. you know? And so there is no, oh, every, you know, no cookie cutter process where you got to do this and everybody's got to do the same thing and we're all going to go the same place and we're all going to have the same experience. I, I just, I don't believe that. And I'm grateful now for, for having a, a greater understanding of where mm -hmm. that is. So that's the spiritual mindset change um, mm -hmm. that I was able to experience as a result as well. Mm -hmm. And so... If we were to reconnect with your process of rebuilding, and you've just walked through um, your rebuilding of your spiritual connection, mm -hmm. and you're now on this side of the ocean, you have... Um, you're in a place of reinventing. You're using YouTube to reconnect and, and get the skill sets to begin to build a, a, a business 
What support systems did you tap into to sustain and keep moving forward? You know, it's amazing, Beatrice, because I just feel like my God and Father took mm-hmm. such good care of me. Um, I had absolutely nothing, literally. It, it took the less money that I had to get the airplane ticket to come mm-hmm. and to to fly back to get to my to handle my father's final affairs. I didn't know where I was going to stay. I didn't know what mm-hmm. I was going to eat. I didn't know what I was going to do. If I, mm-hmm. you know, if I would have anything, any transportation. Um, but I was blessed to be able to stay in my father's home. I drove his car, which I still now I inherited his car, um, you know, through that process. Um, I, he had food in the refrigerator, you know, and so I was taken care of in that manner. Um, I had amazing friends when I came, you know, to the States who just, you know, people that I really didn't know, but we, you know, because of our spiritual connection, we were known as friends and, and they just, they took really good care of me, gave me great encouragement through that process. Um, and even along the way, um, God just continued to provide different people, you know, um, to, to, to share in that experience, to give the encouragement that I needed. Um, and, and I was just amazed at how they would come about and be revealed, but that is the miracle. You know, that's the beautiful thing about it. And for me, it gave me an opportunity because I had my Mary Kay business in Puerto Rico and Mary Kay is international. Then I you know, was able to, to run my Mary Kay business. I used my Mary Kay business actually to get, make the money that I needed in order to, to provide the gas for the car, to you know, pay some of the bills for the house and to eat. You know? And so it was just amazing to me how all of those pieces fit together. Um, and I didn't know, you know how that would happen, but, but God has a greater plan. And so for me, it is recognizing that there is a much bigger picture than, than just looking at my life. And so that has, is what has fueled me in my mission with my business and why I have this international outreach uh, for financial education for women around the world, because I recognize that it's so much bigger than my situation. And I feel like even though I experienced so many challenges and the traumas, I still had so many advantages that some mm-hmm. other women just don't have, you know, and that's where my heart reaches out to them. As you're talking, I feel like, uh, and I'm listening to your process, those divine moments, the things that you could not have even orchestrated on your best day, individuals who showed up, relationships that you had, but they weren't necessarily close relationships, but they became the provision for you. Something just came to me, and I'm. it made me think about how humble you had to be willing to be, to even be able to receive in each one of those situations. And sometimes something that gets in between being able to receive and move forward is sometimes our pride. Mm -hmm. And I just think about thinking how you're moving from one situation to another. And there's divine appointment that because of your willingness to be humble and receive and put down pride, you are able to actually receive and keep moving forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. And thank you for bringing that to point. I hadn't even really thought much about that. Um, but when, when now that you think of, now that you mention, mention it, um, I think about the opportunities that came to me. I, I didn't say no to any of them. 
because mm-hmm. I knew that I needed the opportunity. I needed to make it work. Um, and because I was in a position where I had no other options, I was going to make what options came to me, the options that would <laughs> that would work. <laughs> and so I literally, I even um, in Puerto Rico, I was working, I was building a cleaning business. Um, and I had to leave my cleaning business in order to come here to care for my father's final affairs. But I found a, a cleaning business to work for as an independent mm-hmm. contractor here. And amazingly enough, I made like two or three times more than what I made in Puerto Rico running my own business. And for me, that was an eye opener. Yeah. You know, to, to be able to have the income. So there's, there's a lot of opportunity that came to me moving back to the States um, and being able to, to be, you know, in the, the place, because I'm here in Maryland, um, where I call home, um, to be able to reconnect. You know, and that's why I say, you know, those opportunities came to me. I also had the opportunity, although my father passed away with no will and no life insurance, that was traumatic as well. That was very challenging. Um, But I determined to step with both feet into his life and I handled that. And we were able to to get everything, you know, closed out with in less than a year with Mm -hmm. handling his final affairs. And, And many people know that without a will, trying to handle, you know, things in probate and all that kind of stuff, it can take years, you know, going into it. So that's why I say, you know, the opportunity that came, I took full advantage of, but it was also, I feel that divine guidance that was able to press things forward. And it was really, it was just, it was amazing how everything unfolded. And so I'm so grateful for that. Um, But then also because of my education, I feel like because I was educated in finances, you know, from a young child, you know, uh, up until getting my degree. And then even I, before we moved to Puerto Rico, I ran a a life insurance agency. We had several agents that were working with us. And so, you know, I was able to to take an opportunity to step back into that business as I came back. I had my Mary Kay business to, to lay the foundation for me. And I said, you know what, I'm going to grow back into my original career because I knew that what was making the difference between being where I was and where I wanted to be was my financial management. Mm. And so when we come back from this next break, We're going to unpack why you decided to focus on starting a financial services business. So when we come back from this short break, we are going to continue our conversation with Kavet Minor Kane and her story of the flip side of transforming your mind to transform your money. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If it is true that your potential is found one rung at a time, where are you at this moment on the ladder of success? What can you do this week to move up one level on the ladder? Character development is a lifetime process. What steps are you taking to develop your character? In our next session of the 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth, we are talking about the law of the ladder. Character growth determines the height of your personal growth. 
first Tuesdays, July 6th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Join us for our next growth session and unpack the five rungs of your character ladder. You can register at www.livingstrongllc.com. The best things in our growth life don't roll downhill to us. We have to climb uphill to them. So on July 6th at 7 p.m. Eastern, get intentional by grabbing each rung of the growth ladder and become empowered to climb higher. There's this quote, achievement to most people is something they do. To high achievers, it's something you are. Who do you want to be? This is Living Strong, the flip side of adversity with Dr. Veerdra Jackson. To reach the live show today, call into 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at livingstrongllc.com. Now, back to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. Welcome back to our flip side conversation. I am Dr. Veerdra Jackson, and I have had the pleasure of having an amazing conversation about transforming your mind to transform your money in order to move into a place of thriving instead of just surviving. And this conversation has been Kavet Minor Kane's story of resilience, of reinventing to rise. And so we've unpacked how past skills that you didn't even necessarily realize would become so vitally important as you were rebuilding and reinventing yourself. You decided to land in the place of building and starting a financial services business. Tell us a little bit more about that. So I um, have have always loved finance. Um, I knew that as from a young girl, I knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And funny enough, uh, my dad was a double entrepreneur. <laughs> he was a double business owner when he passed away. You um, knew he, you, was, yeah. you said you were like him. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what's funny? I'm going to tell you what even motivates me today was one of the things that stood out. I um, I had the, the privilege and the honor of answering his phone after he passed and informing and, and you know, friends and family and business um, associates, as well as clients and colleagues um, about his death. And I got to hear some of the most amazing stories about him, you know, and that's why I say, you know, I I got to know him better than I would have if he were alive, because I wouldn't have spoken to any of those people. I wouldn't have known. And they knew me. They knew who you were. They knew me. They were like, oh, you're his daughter. Yeah. Yeah. The one that's the entrepreneur. I was like, I didn't know what I'm doing. <laughs> wow. But they, yeah. And I walked into his house. I had never been to his home. And he had a picture of my family on his coffee table. Mm. Wow. So he was connected me. even yeah. when you didn't realize he was connected. Yeah, he was connected. And they were telling me so often how proud he was of me that it's even at challenging times challenging moments now 
when I'm doubting myself or I feel like I'm not making the progress that I should be making, you know, because we should on ourselves all the time. Stop mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> stop mm-hmm. doing that. We, all right. Did y'all hear that? that? Did Did you all hear that? She said, stop shooting all over <laughs> yourself. Stop. stop it's it. not I should, stop should, it. should. Right. No. no. Mm-hmm. Get we rid could, of that. But we do. We always do our best in any moment. And I truly, truly believe that. And so what I realized is that I made him proud, even mm-hmm. when I felt like during a portion of my life where I was failing, he was proud of me, mm-hmm. you know? And so now I continue to hold on to that and, and I move forward. I says, well, how much more proud would he be of me if he was able to see what I have become today and what I'm continuing to become because I'm growing. You know, and I'm, I'm looking forward to see where I grow to over the next three years. I have kind of a five year um, plan that I'm looking at, you know, from the time that I started in 2019 for my initial separation to, you know, 2024, where I, that five years, you know, comes to an end and I'm able to see the progress um, and, and my time markers. Um, but I use that as motivation, um, his, his love and the encouragement that, that they gave to me during that time. And I, I always reflect on, you know, giving him the honor that he saved my life with his wow. death. Wow. You know? and, and I wanted to ensure that during that time after his passing, when we were, you know, handling his funeral and final affairs and all that, that he received the honor that he deserved because his life was not in vain. Mm. He worked hard, you know, and he passed away during the workday, you know, working on his business, growing, and he was an educated man. He went to seminars and workshops. And I mean, he's had so many notebooks and all these things. And I even used some of those notes that he took, you know, to benefit me through, throughout that time. I was reading those notebooks and, and learning so much about him and about his business and, you know, even have taken some of those principles and things to, to grow in my business. So that's where the, the transform your mind to trans and transform your money to thrive has come from because I recognize that for myself in order to lift myself financially I had to first fix my mindset Mm -hmm. and and so in doing that I just took some time to identify you know five areas of mindset that stood out for me as well as the five areas of money management that I needed to to put in place because I had as I said when I got off the plane absolutely nothing I didn't have a bank account I had no retirement. I had no savings. Wow. I had nothing. No, re- no resources. No credit. Oh my God, my credit. <laughs> my credit. <laughs> Horrible, right? And so, <laughs> right. And so you think about it. You know, it's there are women who are in these you know abusive situations where they have been held back for so long because what? Because they gave their their power away, mm. hoping that they would find a happy family. Mm-hmm. You know, to be a part of trusting in the leadership of the one who, you know, they they married, who would, you know, take the head of household for their family. But what we have to realize is that there is a partnership of leadership, you know, and mm-hmm. that we have to play a significant role in that leadership of the household as well. You know, while we may turn over, we may decide that, that we're going to recognize our husbands as the head of household, we still need to make sure that we're paying and playing an active role in that leadership so that we can be ultimately successful together, you know, and that we can also take some of the weight off of them, you know, so that they don't have to carry that weight. Cause sometimes we get in the mode where we say, Oh, I don't have to do anything. I talk to so many women who tell me, Oh, my husband handles all of that. I don't deal with it. I says, well, what happens if something happens to your husband? And you don't know. 
and you don't know and don't understand and and in some cases don't even have access so Kavet, can you tell us a little bit more about your mission and vision and those principles that you referenced yes um so those principles there's five principles on each side of the coin i call it um and so i say you know if you if you can get the five and five then you become a perfect ten I love it. I love it. I'm going after the perfect tip. Uh-huh. Grab your grab your pencil and paper. That's right. So we've got the five areas of mindset, which include our mental, our emotional, our spiritual, our physical, and our financial. And then we've mm-hmm. got the five areas of money management, which include our credit, because that is the first and fundamental um, growth for our finances. Our cash flow, which of course we need to have that, the income coming in and making sure that our expenses are not more than that income. Our savings, so that we've got something in case of an emergency or on a rainy day, you know, and our insurance, so that if there's an emergency, we've got something again to fall back on if there's a tragedy, if you lose a loved one, or even being able to take advantage of the living benefits of life insurance, which a lot of people are not educated about. Um, and then also, and finally, in the, the financial management is the uh, investments. So being able to educate ourselves on where we can put our money so that it will grow for us. I use a, an illustration, you know, and people talk about, you know, our money comes in like an eagle, you know, on Fridays. You know, it comes in early and it's gone before we even can see it. You know? <laughs> Grows wings and flies away. I said, so, you know, our opportunity for, for life insurance and for investing gives us an opportunity to put our money in a place where it will not grow wings and, and, and fly away, but rather where it will be able to multiply. Mm. It will go and gather friends and come back with more. Yes. <laughs> you know, and so that's what we want to see the increase. I think about the image of generational wealth and and not only the wealth, and that's biblical, right? So it's not just about the wealth that I acquire so that my lifestyle is such that it's comfortable. And it's not even the wealth for the my immediate children, but yeah. it's the children of my children and their children and creating generational wealth and shifting our mindset around thinking about wealth in that way as opposed to just the the limitations of what we're able to gain right now. Yeah, yeah, that, and that's phenomenal. That's that's an amazing thought right there in and of itself. Each one of us should be concerned about three generations. Our mm-hmm. parents, ourselves, and our children. That is mm-hmm. who we're planning for right now in the immediate mm-hmm. present. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even thinking further down the line, you know, as we talk about our children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, as you mentioned. But there's two statistics that stood out to me uh, when I first started doing research about, you know, how can I reach these women, you know, and help to educate them more about finances, help them to become not just educated, but literate in their actions, mm-hmm. um, how they practice their financial management. And... Um, It was very shocking to find out that 85% of women in the United States do not even think about retirement. Wow. Wow. Because only 15% of them, 85%. And that's between baby boomers and Gen Z. So that's from 68 and up to 18. 
mm-hmm. you know, at the age where they should be thinking about it. And, and in, within that span, only 85%, only 15% of them are even thinking about a plan, but that doesn't mean that they actually have a plan in place. They're thinking mm-hmm. about it, you know? So it's, for me, those numbers are astronomical. When you break that out into a worldwide view, there's over 7 billion people on the planet right now. 49.6% of them are women. Who's mm-hmm. going to take care of those women when we can't work and exchange our time for money anymore? Mm-hmm. There's not enough money in anybody's government to take care of, of that mm-hmm. many women. And so that's why even today we see that women are living way be- in some countries and situations are living so far below the poverty line that yeah. it just doesn't make any sense. And these are mothers. Right. These are women who have cared for families, you know, wow. and they're suffering, you know, in this way because there's no forethought being given to how will she care for herself? How will she care for herself? Not how wow. will someone else care for her, but how will she care for herself? For herself. And you know what? I feel like we need a part two. We need a part <laughs> two. Like, I feel like we're just getting started. So with the last few minutes that we have, can you give our listeners three key tips you would give any woman who is not only caring for her children, but caring for herself. What are those closing tips? We've got about a minute and a half. Okay, so the first tip is to create a daily routine. You know, find something that's going to work for you that you can fit into each and every day. And it doesn't have to take a whole long time. Um, you can take 30 minutes if you just have 30 minutes. You can take five minutes for each, each thing. Uh, and I'll give you an outline. There's four things that I focus in on as key for daily activity. And that is when you wake up, taking some time to write down your thoughts immediately. Because, okay, what people don't realize is we make a spiritual connection when we are sleeping. And people think, oh, I'm dreaming, I'm dreaming. No, what you need to do is take those messages and write them down on paper. Mm. As soon as you get up, undistracted, undeterred, write it down. So journaling, number one. After you've taken some time to journal, then you want to take some time to, to read. Take about five or 10 minutes, read anything, read the Bible, read a motivational book, something for personal development, something that's going to pour into you so that now you are built up for the day so that now your cup is full and you can really serve from the overflow. You're not depleting yourself by giving people water from your cup. They're going to get the extra. That's what you want. Um, after you've done your reading, then you want to take some time, do some exercise. If you just go out and walk around the block, or if you stand in your room and you march for, for 30 seconds or for a minute, you know, you can find, and YouTube is amazing. Y'all can find seven minute workouts (laughs) (laughs) on YouTube. And that's where I started. I will tell you. Um, and then after you've done your exercise for about five minutes, you can take some time and just meditate. So bring it all back into place. Bring, ground yourself. You've got your energy up. You've got your blood flowing. You've got your, your system all connected. You know, now ground yourself. Bring in that peace that you need so you can eliminate the anxiety of the day. You can handle whatever challenges come to you. Take a moment to breathe. Take yeah. a moment to just relax and to rest. You know, and I heard you. I heard you tie all of it together, mind, body, spirit, for an intentional experience of setting priority for your day and your mind so that you can make decisions that are wise for not only you, but your children as well. Thank you so much, Kavet. It has been amazing. Thank you for listening. 
Thank you for tuning in to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. Please join your host, Dr. Veerdra Jackson, for another edition of our show next Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.